about Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I, I, I laugh almost every time we, I'm preaching because I, I think my, my subjects are just not really good like my Baptist brothers. They, have, they would have something so fancy, you know, that you would never forget it. But I hope you don't forget. Romans chapter 8. And then the next will be Romans chapter 8, part 2, 3, 4. Right, and this is part 2. And uh, we're going to look at, at this beautiful, beautiful epistle, this beautiful letter. And we're going to be talking about the law again. And I thought maybe it would be, it would be helpful if I talked to you a little bit about the law. Uh, sometimes we think, uh, we, we say, oh, those people, oh, they are law. And sometimes you may even hear, they, they law, they're law dogs, you know. But, but not, not really. They're more legalistic uh, in, a sen- in the sense that, that they think that they can please God by outward show rather than the inward transformation. But the law of God, is, we found, is, is, has to do with the rules defining correct procedures or behavior. So God has his own rules, his laws, that, uh, that uh, define correct procedures, the way you ought to do things, and the way we ought to conduct our lives. Also, it's God's system of rules which uh, regulates uh, his, his rules, rather, uh, which regulate our acts, the things we do, our actions, um, and just whatever, but, but not there for his people, but there for everybody, but only his people can do them, you know, really. Uh, and, that, and the way we do that, we don't do that by adhering to, quote, unquote, the law. We do that by allowing faith to do its perfect work in us in that the grace of God brought us to faith in, in, in God that brought us to grace in God. And so, so we live now because of Jesus. We live in a whole new realm. We're not trying to, okay, I got to keep the law, you know, all the thou shalt not, and I got to get to that. No, we don't do that. As we've said to you before, no one has ever done except one man. Now, you know, I'm, I, I can be just overwhelmed by things like I just said. I'll go, wow. And I can just think about that for days and weeks and months and, and go on and on because I'm thinking, you mean all of us, uh, you know, John told us, Brother John told us that maybe about uh, approximately 117 billion people have lived on the planet since God created it. And I think only one of them one of them obeyed God fully, I want to follow him. You know, it doesn't matter whoever you are. And I believe that when you hear that, the grace of God just comes. That's how I've experienced in my life. The grace of God will come, like just swooping down, and you'll have the ability to do what God has just said. If you do it then, yeah, it's, it's like you're, 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 you're pushing a heavy load. We used to have to push cars. Some of you are too young to remember that. But the cars wouldn't start. We have to push them and be pushing, pushing, pushing. And there was a place where the guy needed to pop the clutch. And if he didn't, he had to start all over again. So that's how it is when the grace of God come. Pop the clutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, God has also imposed penalties. We, we talk about law. God has imposed penalties on those who break his law. And, but this is what Paul taught us very uh, vividly. He taught us that the law is holy. The law is just. The law that is it's righteous. And the law is good. And, and, and also his law is immutable. It's unchangeable. Can't change it. And the law is for the lawless. It's, it's, the, it's, for, it's for, I know we've read that before, so I don't want to get into that too deeply. So, but we're not 
teaching you to, to keep the law as it were. Christ kept the law. And so when Christ kept the law, we believe in his uh, effective sacrifice. So now we are in Christ. God is in, in his infinite wisdom placed us in Christ. And we are, we are in the Christ sphere. We're not in the personal body. We are the body of Christ, but we're not in his personal own proper body. We are in the Christ sphere. That's where we live. He saved us from what we could not be saved from. Okay. Now, now I want to go to ver uh, verse 2 to kind of make it, kind of bring it around to us. Paul says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So he says there's a law. Now, he's not talking about the Mosaic law or he's not talking about the Old Testament canon here. But he is saying there is uh, the law. It's called the law. Uh, that is, th this is immutable. This is not, you're not able to change this. Now, we all need to hear this, understand this, so that we might walk in this. You cannot change this. What? The law of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the law of the Spirit of life is where? In Christ Jesus. So that means if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. You just don't have it. Doesn't matter how you love that person. Doesn't matter how good looking they are or whatever. Doesn't matter how much money they have. If they're not in Christ, they're not saved. And you can't change the rule. As a compassionate Christian, you can't change that rule. Why? Because it's a law and it's God's law and it's unchangeable, immutable. All right. So, so it, this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from separated from the law of sin and death. Okay? It made you free. So as a believer, you may have acts of sin. You may have acts of failure here and there. But you don't have a lifestyle of it. When you have a lifestyle of it, you got to say, oh, woe is me. You know, something's wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, Houston, we've got a problem. Yeah. Right? So, so you don't have a lifestyle of that. Why? Because you're not in that sphere of the flesh and of sin. The principle of the spirit of life, the principle of the spirit of life or the law of the spirit of life. Um, um, uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> okay. This principle has made you free. That's what I want to say. All right. Let's go to some of our witnesses. All right. You know, I like to call up witnesses. I always wanted to be a lawyer. And uh, so God's led me doing a little lawyering here, right? 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. Let's look at, at these witnesses. John is a witness to what Paul has just told us. Paul says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus uh, made me free from the law and sin of death. So it took me out of that realm of sin, the sin realm, where I'm always dealing with, with sin and, and what it, it brings. But now he has delivered you to a new sphere, a new realm, to where your life is Godward, always Godward. You should not be of the things of this world. No, no matter how important they are, it's not about this world. It's about what God wants. The world can't dictate to me any longer. Only God does. All right? Why? Because I have his spirit inside me, and it's called the spirit of life. 
So verse 9 says, if we receive the witness of men, okay, and we do, we go to court, we believe uh, this man, I testify, uh, what I'm going to say to you is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me, what? God. That's what we say in America, right? So help me God. It says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. So let's read this, and we're going to see what God, the supreme judge, has said. Now, the he, he holds his court, as it were, and he's going to call himself to the witness stand. So if whatever God says, that's the way it is. God cannot lie. The Bible says very emphatically that it is impossible for God to lie. Right? I told the first service, I don't know if you, any of you remember the late uh, Bishop uh, Benson Idahosa. Uh, he was a, a, a Nigerian uh, uh, bishop and he was preached a lot in America. And, and his British, Nigerian British accent, I, I remember right now. He said, whatever God says, he said, he said, it is, it happens. He said, he said, God cannot lie. He said, whatever God says about you, that's who you are. And I remember that so vividly. I was a young man. He said, if God says you're a monkey, don't worry, you're a monkey because God can't lie, right? God cannot lie. So you get that in your knower, God cannot lie. So this is what God testifies. He who believes in the Son has the witness, this testimony in himself. So that fact that God cannot lie, look at what's going to happen. He who does not believe God has, God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. This is powerful, potent. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Whoa. So what is the witness? God has given us eternal life. Not God will give me one day. God has given us eternal life. Wow. Get, and where is that life located? And this life is where? In his son. And this life where? Is in his son. Now, let's, con- let's draw a conclusion. Verse 12. He who has the son has life. Oh, that's so tepid. Except on front row. Except on front row. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. Jesus. That's where the eternal life is located. And so you and I have Jesus. You have Jesus in your heart. If, you, if Jesus is in you, come and raise your hand, somebody out there. I mean, no, 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 no okay, raise your hand. You, if, you, if you have Jesus, don't be ashamed of it. If you don't have Jesus, then we can need to have the altar call right now. Hey, come on. No, straight up. Yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm serious about that. You, know, you don't want to just be a spectator. You know, be a participant. All right? Okay, so let's look at verse 3. Uh, and for what the law could not do. Now, what could the law not do? Make you righteous. All right, you got it? The law could not make you righteous. The, the law revealed and re- revealed who people are, reveals who people are, and it revealed who we were. And so you and I, when the law got its effect, we looked at ourselves and said, God, I need some help. Everybody who's saved had to cry out for help. Help me, God. And I've said that, I said that before I was saved. I said that when I got saved because I found out, how do I walk this out? Help me, Jesus. Yeah, amen. I mean, you ready to get it? Because this is really good for me. The, for the, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Even though we said, help me, help me, we couldn't help ourselves. 
That's why we call, called on God. It was weak through the flesh. Not that it was weak, but your hum, humanity was such that the law could not correct what was wrong. It could just condemn you. That's why we needed a Savior. The law is not your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. Wow. So what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned it. He judged sin. Wow. In the flesh. Now let's look at verse 4. So, so he condemned sin in the flesh. Now remember what Paul said in, in Romans 8.1. There is therefore now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So what he's not saying is that you somehow mechanically uh, don't walk in the flesh. No. God has rescued you from that whole realm. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you man. Thank you, Jesus. Rescued you. And so this is a great thing that the church has. We've got this message, but we're not giving it out. Uh, you said it again. Say it again. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he says that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled. Remember Jesus saying when he read in uh, Nazareth, he had gone to Nazareth and he read the book of Isaiah with the spirit of the Lord is upon me, etc. You know, and he has, you know, anointed me to preach the gospel, etc. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to mess it up. When he finished reading a scripture in Isaiah, he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so I want you to know that the righteous requirement of the law are being fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Today. Today. We live in a whole new realm. I am not preaching outward perfection. Because all you need to do is somebody just do something that you're not mature yet in. And uh, you'll see just kind of you need some more help. Yeah, yeah, that's the way that works. But, but I am saying we're out of the sphere of sin. I never teach, do not teach, do not believe that you can't help but sin every day. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You know? No, somebody look at me, sir. I don't know, Pastor. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that I am, I, it's possible that I can sin. Sure. Because I still have this whole, uh, this cuerpo that I was born with, this body. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's got sin in its members. But Paul tells us that we don't have to abide by it. We don't have to listen to it. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's convincing. You know, it says, man, don't take that. Don't take that. You're not a man if you don't take that. Well, I know I'm a man. No, don't take that. And sometimes we want to listen to it. But you have to say, no, 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 no. The, the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus operates inside me. I, I, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, look, gaze upon. Wow, that's what he says. This, this is what God wants for us. Don't look at it and question God. We can't call God a liar. Wow. Let's look at Acts 13, 38. Calling some more witnesses. Now we call it Dr. Luke. 
Okay? Luke. So in verse 38 he says, Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. He is preached to, so God forgives sins. What God does, he forgives all us of all the sins we've ever committed. Boy, that's big. That's so big. So that means you don't have to look back when you were 16 years old and you did that dastardly thing. You don't have to look back and say, oh, God, I know how it is because I've looked back and said, God, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I kept saying, God, oh, please forgive me. I know you're forgiving me. I know you're forgiving me. But who forgive me? I don't know if you've ever had that. But I sure have had that. That struggle. And I said, I'm so glad that God let me live to be 74 because I got free of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't have to live there. Now listen to what he says. We have the forgiveness of sins through, through Jesus. That's why Jesus is indispensable. And by him, everyone who believes is justified. Wow. Or by him or through him. Everybody's justified. So that means that you meet God's standard of righteousness. That doesn't mean, oh, I meet God's standard of righteousness now so I can go out and sin. No. Because when you, you, you commit sin like that, you crucify the Lord uh, afresh and you put him to an open shame. It's like putting him out there naked on display for the world. No, you don't do that. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always, having all sufficiency, that is in, even to live the Christian life. And you'll have an abundance for every good work. And this is what God wants. Okay, let me go back to Scripture. Okay, so by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So you don't come to Jesus and now decide, okay, I want to be G Jewish. And so I'm going to go back and study the Torah and be a part of that. That's not, that's not correct. That's going backwards. The law couldn't save you. The law couldn't justify you. Jesus is the only one that can justify you. Yeah. Yes. So let me, let me uh, go to Romans 6.3. I'm going to skip a few things. Go to Romans 6.3. Let's look at Romans 6.3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, where were you baptized? Into Christ. The Holy Spirit baptized you into Christ. So I've said this before, but I want to reiterate it. I'm, I am not here to question how you were baptized. I am not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I've already given you my pickling recipe, you know, the cucumber and the vinegar. So I'm not going to go through the other. But, but baptism is really an idea of you being one person going down into this water and coming up a new person or going down into death and coming up alive. That's what it's, it's about. And that's the picture of it, being baptizo, being dunked under and coming out a new person. So it's like I went into death, but now I'm a, an example uh, and a picture of resurrection life. That's what it's mean, it means. So he says here, do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus? Where were you baptized? Into Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit had to do that, and he didn't do that in water, okay? He did that in the Spirit. So he took you, baptized you into the, to the Spirit, and made you to drink of the Spirit. Uh, you know, I remember Pastor Bird, remember a number, number of years ago we were teasing, and uh, we were talking about baptism. About, you know, Pastor Charles and I told Pastor Bird, I just hold him under 
when you're, and because some of them need to stay on the lawn. We're teasing, right? <laughs> but, 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 but so, but, but what Paul says is that he baptized you in the spirit and made you to drink. Yes. So he's made us to drink. No, we're not going to hold you under. Don't look at us. We're not going to hold you under until you drink some water. But he's made you to drink into that one spirit. Come on, you, you have had a drink. Somebody asked you, why do you act like I said, I've been drinking? Uh, yeah, he's made me to drink into the Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, may I tell you a quick story? There, there was uh, somebody who is among you. Uh, 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 was made to drink. And the person was praying, and, and they began to pray. And, uh, and start to say things like, like when I was a boy, I, I, I thought they were walking, uh, 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 you know, on the bottom of the water, of the pond. And I got in there, and they weren't. And so when I went down, I, I, I came up, I was going, I was trying to say help. But I was like, and so for a little while, I had a nickname I won't tell you. But that's what happened to this person, and they began to pray, and they, they were not praying. They were blah, 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 blah. And they called me and said, what happened? I said, well, you were made to drink. So, 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 so there, there are those of us who may have done that and may, maybe had these other uh, uh, languages that we were, we were speaking. There may be some who were not, but whether you did or whether you didn't, you've been made to drink. Yeah. I said, you've been made to drink. Well, you say, well, I've never had an experience like that, but you've still been made to drink. Yeah. Hallelujah, somebody, you've been made to drink. Yeah. I was trying to say, help me, and I said, hubba bubba, and that's, <laughs> I was made to drink that pond water that day. All right. Where am I? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, verse, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried. Therefore, we were buried. Where am I? <laughs> Therefore, we were buried with him, with Christ, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now, he was just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. And what he is showing you, he is comparing what has happened to us in the Spirit with what happened to Jesus Christ. This is powerful. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He talks about us walking in the Spirit. Uh, so let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So then what we do is we walk by faith of the Son of God in this Christian life. We're not walking by what we can see with our natural eyes. So you have to understand we are walking by faith. Faith is not some intangible that's really not real, but if we think about it enough, it becomes real. That's not what faith is. Faith is an assurance that God, Jesus is who he says he is. God is, is our father. God is who he says he is and that we are his children because he said it and we have uh, that, that period of time of where we are very lucid. We understand. We know. We know. And that faith is concrete. It's not some elusive, elusive thing. So let's look at it. So then Galatians 5.16 Paul says, I say then walk in the Spirit. So you and I have the ability to walk out a life 
in the spiritual realm. I know many of us have been taught that that's not accurate. That is true. Why is it true? Because God testified of it. I said God testifies. This is God's testimony. God testified. So Paul says, walk in the spirit and what? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So whatever your body wants to do, you won't do it. Yes. My, my body said to do it. I, uh, what? No, you won't do it. Okay. We still good? Look at Colossians chapter 3. Paul, Paul tells us in verse 1, Colossians 3, 1. He says, if then you were raised or since then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above. Where Christ is. Now, where is Christ? Above. Now, let's, let's see more fully. Sitting at the right hand of God. See, I believe that. If someone were to say, Pastor, you're a nutty, I would say, well, I believe it. Call me whatever you want to. I believe it. I don't just believe it because I want to believe something. I believe it because God has written that on the tablets of my heart. And he has done the same with you. There's a writing on your heart that says this is true. And so what does Paul want from the, the Roman Christians? He wants them to walk in the midst of paganism like they know this. And I'm saying to you and me, that's the challenge. The gauntlet is thrown down to us. We must walk in the midst of this pagan world like we know it, like we mean it. And we're, and we're not getting directions from them. We're getting our directions from whom? The Holy Spirit. We're getting our directions from Jesus Christ. We're getting our directions from the Trinity, God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We've got to do that. May I say, I don't want to be like the world. I don't want to be like the world. My mom said to me when I was a boy, she said, boy, you're just like your daddy. I don't look like my dad in complexion. I don't look like my dad in complexion. And, uh, you know, my, my, I won't tell you, I won't go that far. But, uh, but my, my mom said, boy, when you walk, with everything you do is like your daddy. And I, I remember seeing dad in church and we always clapped our hands and kind of stamped our feet and daddy was always off, it, you know. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the church we went to were doing it on two, four. Daddy was on one, three. So, so I, I was trying to get, get with daddy. And I, I was like that guy in the jerk, you know. I was trying to get like daddy. God was preparing me to pastor this congregation. I saw two and four, but I, could, I had one and three. So look at, so, so listen to what Paul says. Since you were raised with Christ, seek where? So your job every day is not to seek these earthly things, how to, listen, we want to make the earth better. We want to make our neighborhoods better. We, how do we do that? By being examples. That's how you do it, by being examples. We don't do it by getting our agenda from them. Let's give them God's agenda. 
holy and righteous living. How? Through Jesus Christ. And so he says, seek those things which are above, for Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on there. Set your mind. Fix your mind. Have an understanding of your mind. Begin to think about those things which are above. Direct your mind. So what Paul tells us is that we have the enablement from God to make our mind behave. I, I, boy, somebody here that doesn't believe that because you go wherever your mind goes. I used to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. It's all, it's like my mind was laughing at me. I don't know about y'all. Can we tell, can we just testify? It's like your mind was, was poking fun at you. I just kept living. Because I believed his word. I said, something's wrong with me, but I believe your word. And I kept, kept doing it. Whatever God was saying, I would do it. I would do it. Whatever God was saying. You know, I remember after I, I've spent eight years disobeying, when, when uh, he told me to fast for, for 42 days in 314 increments, I thought, I'm going to die. I don't want to die. I can't do that. I'll die. But when I did it, I started finding strength. And see, there, there, there's, there's empowerment as we obey. And you have to obey the Lord. You see, you, you are able to do more than you think you're able to do. You just have to put one foot in front of the other. And I sure want to testify about those things. I, I will at some juncture. Now listen to what Paul says. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And listen to what he says in verse, verse 3, Galatians, what is it, Colossians 3, 3. He says, this is how you are enabled. For you died. You died to that weak, feeble, I can't help myself realm. You died to that. Every believer has died to that. You may say, well, I don't know. No, you've died to that. If you don't know, believe someone who knows. You've died to that. But, you, but your little baby has, that, that is born has walking in them. They've got talking in them. But they come out of the womb, they're not walking and talking. But by practice, they begin to walk and walk. And then later on, they can run and then jump. And they can, they can not only talk, they can say, come on, mom, come on, dad. They can debate now. <laughs> they're gone a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. Let's walk this thing out, everybody. Okay. For you died, that means you're living in a different sphere. And where is your life? And you're, where is it? Hidden with Christ in God. So your life is hidden. Wow. With Christ in God. Wow. Set your mind. Direct your mind. Okay, let me go to verse there's so many good scriptures here. Verse 5, uh, that's uh, Romans 8, 5. 8, 5, okay? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And so when you were in the flesh, when you, notice I said, when you were in the flesh, but now you're in the Spirit. The reason you're in the Spirit is because the Spirit of Christ lives in you. So anyone who has the Holy Spirit is not in the sphere of the flesh. So don't say, well, I was in the flesh yesterday. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
This is not a schizophrenic thing. You were not. You had some failures yesterday. That's why God said repent. Repent. Right? But you weren't. You're still in the spirit. All right? Listen. But when you were in the flesh, you were always setting your mind on fleshly things. And so now that you are empowered by the spirit of God, why is it that you can't set your mind on things above? You are now enabled by the, the power of God. You are in, enabled by the power of God. You were setting your mind. Now set your mind on, on, uh, on things above, all right? You're going to give me just a few more minutes? Just a few more. Not too much. Okay, John 3, 6 says, and this is, this is like a cornerstone in, in my preaching and my faith. Uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. In John 3, 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Now listen, you and I were all born of the flesh. We were known naturally. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. God doesn't see you as a natural person. He sees you as a spirit being. Why? Because you have been born again of the very spirit that God is. So you are born of the spirit. I, I've said this multiple times. I want to say it again. Uh, again is that you and I, in this context, we're not sons of God because he adopted us into his family. I know, I know that's, a, that's a good principle that's real, that we have been adopted. But we are, we are sons of God by birth, spiritual birth. We are called in the Greek, uh, technon. Uh, children of God, uh, born of God. We are called maybe nepios. We were born of the Spirit of God. But then we are weos, sons of God. They able to do the family business, able to set our minds on the things that God wants us to set it on. So, so this is what Paul wanted the Romans to know, and, and this is what we want you to know, that we can live better, more powerfully. All right? All right. We are spirit. Let me, go. verse 6 says, for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And Paul's talking about uh, the life of God, not just this biological life, it's life and peace with God. This is, you have peace with God, life and it's peace. The life of God, the peace uh, uh, of God and the peace with God. There's a difference, peace of God and peace with God. Sometimes our, our lives are so troubled we don't have the peace of God, but it's there available for us. But we always have peace with God. And, and Galatians uh, 6, 8 says, For he who sows to, the, to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit. Where you are and I are to sow to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Everlasting life. Now Paul tells us in verse, let's go back to uh, Romans 8, 7. He says, he told us in verse 6 to be carnally minded is death. So he goes on here, he says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He says, because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, is enmity yes. against God. It's, it hates God. It's, it's not subject to the law of God. He says, nor can it be. It's hostile to God. The, 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 that natural person opposes God. Wow. Opposes God. So that's why those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
works, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me. Yeah. I, uh, I do want to say, I don't apologize because we've not taken too much of your time, but they're just five minutes and 24 seconds over. Amen. God is good. So, so thank you so much. Listen, let's walk it out. Can we walk it out? Now, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. I normally don't like to do this, but if, you are, if you're willing to just walk it out, don't just raise your hand because you don't want the camera on you or something. But if you're willing to walk it out, just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm willing to walk this out. Just tell him I'm willing to walk this out. Help me to see and help me to do what I see. Help me to walk this out. In Jesus' name. Yeah, that's why we want to do that. Come on. Amen. 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 So, I'm going to step down for a minute. But I'm going to ask a question of you. And also those of you who are online. If you don't know Jesus, I just preached, taught. I mean, I got so excited here, lost some of my points, but I'll get them next time. This is an, an amazing salvation. This is amazing salvation. Just because you grew up in a Christian family doesn't mean you're a Christian. It does not mean that. And some of young, some, sometimes our young people, they grow up in the church, they hear the gospel preached, and, and they'll leave, they go out and try to be like the people who are going to hell. That's the craziest thing. But many of us did that. You know, try to be like people. If you're here today, don't do that. We're not playing games. This is real stuff. And I want to ask you when I come back to give your heart to Jesus. And we're going to ask for two categories. Those of you who have never been saved, I want you to say, hey, I'm not going to play games here. I'm not going to play a game of dice with my life. I'm not going to do that. And then I'm going to ask for another category. You're already walking with Jesus. You're saved. You've been brought out of that sphere of, of, of sin and death, that fleshly system. But you want to walk more powerfully. I'm going to talk to you too. I'll be back in just a minute.